0: Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program. Let's get started. Welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve z That would be me. Many of you who know me personally know that I am a married, conservative, Christian, heterosexual, Caucasian, And to those of you who don't understand the big words, it means I'm a married white guy who's straight. I am conservative in my thought processes. I am a constitutionalist. I believe in the United States Constitution and what it stands for, as it was written by the founding fathers more than 240 years ago. I believe in the principles of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness I believe that limited government is the proper form of government. I don't think they should be controlling every aspect of my life, your life, or anyone's life. Everyone in this giant anthill, this ant colony called the United States of America, needs to understand that they must contribute to the well-being of the ant colony, or the ant colony fails And if you look at any successful growing ant colony in your backyard or out in the forest, you'll notice that every single ant works. Every ant contributes to the well-being of the colony. There are no deadbeat, lazy ants. There are no ants who sit down and chill out while all the others work and then get food delivered to them. Even the queen ant has a purpose. She sits there in the bottom and the safety of the bottom of the ant colony And all she does is bear children and bear children and bear children. That cannot be an easy task. Now, why am I mentioning the ant colony this morning? Because I'd like to point out that in our giant ant colony known as the United States of America, there are a whole bunch of lazy ants who don't do a damn thing, but they expect to be given food, given shelter, given medical care, given education, which they don't even take advantage of. And then... They expect that if they commit a crime against the colony, well, they can get away with it because some ants are red, some ants are white, some ants are black. I'm just saying, dig open any ant colony and you will see red ants, black ants, and even white ants, right down to the queen, those little ant babies. They're white in color, if not translucent altogether. There is a double standard in this ant colony known as the United States of America where certain groups of ants are now getting away with committing crimes, being lazy, not contributing to the colony, and even getting a pass when the stories about that certain group of ants, a small 13% minority of the ants, commits massive major crimes against the colony, and the media ignores those crimes. I have come to expect that on media outlets such as CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, HLN, MSNBC, CNBC, and other liberal progressive so-called woke news networks, I expect them to use a very heavy double standard, which tends to look the other way when a 13% minority member commits crimes. They simply don't mention the race of that 13% minority. But if it's a white kid, a white person that commits a crime, They have to mention it over and over and over again, especially if a victim happens to be black. Now, when there is a black criminal committing a crime, especially against a white person, the race of the criminal is never mentioned, nor is the race of the victim. You never hear a story about a black armed suspect gunned down a white woman near a convenience store in an apparent hate crime because the liberal mainstream media has labeled hate crimes like a one-way street. It's only a hate crime if a white person commits a crime against a black person. Ding, 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 ding. Automatically, it is a race hate crime. But if a black person commits a heinous crime against a white person, the mention of the race does not occur. They never say a black suspect against a white victim. It's just not in their, their reporting. It's just not there. Like I said, I would expect this from the mainstream, progressive, liberal, Democrat supporting stations, but I wouldn't expect this, ordinarily, from Fox or one of its affiliates. This morning, I turned on the television to the New Orleans Fox affiliate, and they mentioned something about a girl who beat a wheelchair-bound teacher, and now that girl is pleading not guilty by reason of insanity let me break down what happened to you. A 64-year-old white teacher, wheelchair-bound in St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans, literally five, six miles outside of the city of New Orleans, was attacked when a girl named Lariana Jackson, age 18 in high school, assaulted the 64-year-old wheelchair-bound teacher and threw her to the ground just after the dismissal bell rang in early october of this year the teacher was badly battered and bruised was taken to a hospital and had to spend a few days there jackson was arrested and accused of felony battery of a school teacher and yesterday she went to court and pleaded insanity and not guilty by reason of insanity she's awaiting prosecution she is still in jail two other girls were arrested Trinity Gervais, another 18-year-old student at that high school, as well as an unnamed juvenile. And they are both facing charges of unlawful posting of a criminal activity on social media. Well, what's so different about this story? You see, Lariana Jackson, the 18-year-old girl, is an African-American female. She was at least twice the size of the wheelchair-bound teacher that she assaulted attacked in brutal fashion. The video is there to be seen. But they never once mentioned that LaRiana Jackson, age 18, is a 13% a hyphenated American minority. They did not report that she was black, nor did they report the race of the teacher. Yet, on the very same newscast this morning, this Fox affiliate made damn sure to let you know that the white former police officer Kim Potter who accidentally shot a black suspect who was resisting arrest as seen on several body cameras. They made sure to point out that she was white and that she killed a black man while in custody. They made damn sure to point out the race when a white person kills a black person, but they never mentioned the race when a black person kills a white person. On that very same newscast, they had a video of a Caucasian man. You could tell by the speech pattern, the enunciation, diction, pronunciation, and speech pattern of his conversation. They posted video and a story about a man in New Orleans who had a car pull out in front of him and stop at an angle where two suspects got out of the car with guns in an attempted carjacking of this man's car. And one of the suspects even fired a shot as this man was trying to flee. What's missing from this story on the Fox New Orleans affiliate? The video showed two armed 13% AA hyphenated American thugs with their faces blurred out because they happened to be juveniles They played the voice, unedited, of the man who they were trying to carjack. He was very articulate, very well-spoken, and he said, I threw the car into reverse, and I backed up as quickly as I could, and then I turned down a street to a construction site where there were multiple people there to witness. The news story, however, did not once mention the race of the two 13% AA hyphenated American African-American juvenile thug Black kids who were out to steal the white man's Tesla and potentially shoot the white man, since both of the 13% AA hyphenated American thugs were carrying firearms, and one of them fired a shot at the man's vehicle. Double standard? You betcha. So, yours truly, the host of the Truth Hurts program, made a phone call directly to the newsroom of the Fox 8 affiliate, and damn, I wish I would have recorded that call. The man answered the phone newsroom, and I said, Hi, I would like to ask a simple question, and I would like an honest, straightforward answer from you. And he says, Okay, go ahead. I said, Why is it that your station chooses to ignore the race of the African-American criminals who attempted to carjack a white man's Tesla, but you make a very solid point to point out the fact that A white former police officer killed a black man while in custody. He says, Sir, I'm not going to entertain a question like that. I said, Why not? Don't you feel some sense of duty? Your own investigative reporter right now is questioning why a police agency is not answering their calls for transparency or why another federal agency is not answering calls for transparency about a question that he's asking. We also have the black girl who assaulted the white teacher, but you didn't mention the race of that suspect either. He says, sir, I'm simply not going to entertain this line of questions. I don't owe you anything. I said, I think your station does, and since you're incapable or incompetent and cannot answer the question, would you please forward me to someone who can? He left me on hold for about eight minutes and then finally transferred me to the voicemail of someone claiming to be the news director. I left a message. I haven't gotten a call back, but then again, it is only 8 o'clock in the morning and I'm sure that individual hasn't made it in yet. I'll let you know in a future program if I ever get satisfaction an answer at least some lame excuse for an answer from that station's news director. I did inform that guy on my second call that, you know what? You have just caused me to stop watching your station. He says, that's your prerogative, sir. In other words, I don't give a damn what you do. We don't care other people will watch. Then I said, I'll just contact your advertisers and let them know that we will no longer be playing your station in our facilities, and therefore, the advertisers will be getting less bang for their buck. He didn't seem to care, which is that apathetic, progressive, liberal wokeness that, unfortunately, this Fox affiliate in New Orleans seems to have hired to be part of their so-called news team not fair, not balanced, certainly a double standard and a hypocrisy being played out on the small screen out of that particular station. Am I shocked and surprised? Yeah, maybe just a little, but it seems to be the direction in which our country is heading and no one seems to care. This is the Truth Hurts program. A moment ago, I mentioned the double standard, the hypocrisy and the feeling that Even the television news station doesn't owe me or anyone an explanation for why they have a double standard, why they are hypocritical in their reporting. And now, Andrew Miller writes in the Fox News Journal Baltimore mayor walks away after a reporter questions his crime drop claims. Baltimore's Democrat mayor claimed that violent crime is down in the city of Baltimore and he simply walked away from a reporter when he was pressed as to why the assaults are not being factored into the total violent crime count. Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott told a Fox 45 reporter named Mackenzie Frost, quote, total crime is down because violent crime is down. What you're doing is playing with the number. We're looking at violent crime and how it's considered by the federal government and the FBI. That's how we determine it is down. The reporter then questioned the mayor, saying the data is only down when assaults are not included. The mayor simply walked away without answering the question. Online statistics show that homicides were up 3% last month from the same time the previous year. Non-fatal shootings are down from last year, but violent crime is only down when common assaults are only down when you cherry-pick the numbers and remove those armed attacks homicides, carjackings, aggravated assaults, and bank robberies have all increased in Baltimore compared to the same time last year. Of course, that Fox affiliate there did not stop asking questions and they kept pressing the mayor's office, but the office did not respond to a request from comment from Fox News right away. I think it's ironic that one Fox station seems to be outraged because the mayor of Baltimore won't answer their question but the local Fox affiliate in New Orleans refuses to answer my question about their hypocrisy, their double standard in reporting, their deliberate omission of the suspect's race when that suspect is in the 13% AA hyphenated American, African American community. Oh well, I guess I just have to find another station to get my news. How about some wacky news this morning? A California school district reportedly removed a link to resources that, amongst other things, outlined how to cast a spell on people who say things like, all lives matter. That content was included as part of a Google Drive for a Black Lives Matter resource guide. The document on writing prompts on police brutality and racist violence encourages high school students to write a curse for police and others. The the article reads, Hexing people is an important way to get out anger and frustration. Make a list of specific people who have been agents of police terror or global brutality. The list can be wide-ranging from small microaggressions to larger perpetrators, that is, people who say all lives matter to the police officers who arrest nonviolent protesters to George Zimmerman. Pick one of these people and put them on your list. It adds... Read Martin Espada's poem for the Jim Crow restaurant in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where my cousin Esteban was forbidden to wait tables because he wears dreadlocks. Write your own hex program, cursing that person. Another prompt asks students to imagine a world with no police. Spencer Lindquist, who previously attended Campbell Union High School District, reported on this document and Google Drive for The Federalist. According to Lindquist, the link to the drive was eventually removed but an Internet archive shows it as listed under Addressing Racialized Violence. The Campbell Union High School District's resource list bore resemblance to many other school districts that have surfaced in the media and seem to reflect a growing interest in ideologies like the so-called critical racist theory. Lindquist notes how the CUHSD teacher, whom the district had once crowned Teacher of the Year, told other teachers to recognize, quote, the power of critical race theory and use it in our lesson plans, unquote. The district did not respond to Fox News' request for comments, yet another example of people being outraged one time, but allowing that to happen when it's on their watch other times. While the much-uncovered equity content appears focused on socio-political issues, religious content has also surfaced. Leading anti-critical racist theory activist Chris Rufo previously reported on California proposing curriculum that includes chanting the name of an Aztec god who accepts human sacrifices. This is what they're teaching your children and your grandchildren right now, Truth Hurts program listeners. CNN reports, Supreme Court conservatives may have their chance to end affirmative action at universities. Well, it's about damn time. Before I get into this article, let me just say, I'm sure at some point in time, there was a need for what was called affirmative action. Back at a time where black Americans comprised about 10% of the population, companies comprised of 100% white people, yes, I could see then where they say, hey, you have to let a certain number of blacks in to be proportionate to the population. But affirmative action took that notion, and they ran far and wide, and they made it so ridiculous that I can tell you, As a young man, just out of school, I tried to get a job with, at the time, the major truck transportation home delivery package company. And I was told, sorry, we cannot hire you because we have an affirmative action quota and we cannot hire any white people until we get to 50% black people. This was what was told to me by two hiring managers at a large transportation company back around 1980. Hey, just call it like I see it. It actually happened. I was turned down because of the color of my skin. And it was all done under the guise, the disguise, the false narrative known as affirmative action. Recently, I was told that minorities have to have at least 35% representation in big government contracts, yet they only comprise 13% of the population. That is not racial justice. That is racial inequality slanted heavily towards the black African-American 13% hyphenated American minority, and it's wrong. This article is written with a highly biased, highly left slanted writing style. I want to read the very first paragraph to you, and then I'm going to read it the way it should have been written. This article begins, The conservative Supreme Court led by Chief Justice John Roberts, has long wanted to diminish racial remedies in American life and may now be headed towards a far-reaching decision on university affirmative action. The article should have simply been written as follows. The Supreme Court is now weighing a decision on university affirmative action. They didn't need to throw all that political bias in there, but they chose to do so. The second paragraph the court is likely to decide in upcoming weeks whether to hear a challenge to Harvard's admission practices which critics claim unlawfully consider students' race benefiting blacks and Hispanics but disadvantaging Asian American applicants. Now look, Harvard has a reputation of being one of the Ivy League schools. I understand that. And if your job was to be one of the tops of the tops of the tops, why would you not want the best of the best and the brightest of the brightest To attend, excel, and succeed. The Department of Justice on Wednesday urged the Supreme Court to reject the case against Harvard. The filing from the Office of U.S. Solicitor General Elizabeth Preloger emphasized that lower U.S. courts had extensively reviewed Harvard's racial admission practices and found them sufficiently limited to meet Supreme Court precedent as they furthered the school's interest in campus diversity. In other words, Nothing to see here, folks. Harvard's admission practices aren't racist, they really aren't. They really aren't giving special treatment to blacks and ignoring an Asian minority. Nothing to see here, folks, move along. That only makes the Supreme Court want to look into the case. When someone is telling you nothing to see here, folks, move along, it really means, holy crap, there's a lot to see here, but we don't want you to see it. So please focus on something else. Admission practices that take account of students' race first upheld in a 1978 Supreme Court decision, reaffirmed in 2003, have boosted the admission of black and Hispanic students for decades. Really? Far above their population density? Hmm? Proponents argue such diversity enhances campus life and the educational mission. Those policies, of course, are controversial and have remained so over the years. The high court has heard a series of lawsuits brought by opponents who consider any and all race-based screening to be unlawful discrimination. That's right, boys and girls. You're not supposed to base anything solely on the color of someone's skin, the nap of their hair, the size of their nose or their lips or the shape of their eyes. That's racial discrimination. Plain and simple. This article then says, But justices such as Sandra Day O'Connor and other centrist conservatives have been succeeded by a new generation of more conservative Republican appointees. And that the writings of several justices in today's conservative majority suggest they will be ready to take up the racially charged dispute and possibly change the look of college enrollment across the country. The justices are only trying to apply the law, my friends. They can't change the law and bend it for black folks, ignoring that law and then making that law stick when it comes to white folks. Harvard. In a case dating back to 2014, argues that the Ivy League campus holds Asian Americans to a higher standard and limits their numbers. This is in direct violation of Title VI of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which forbids schools that receive federal funds from discriminating on race. But yet, Harvard continues to do so. It lowers the standards for, I guess, people who don't measure up to the standards of the Asians. It lowers standards for black and Latino students just so they can increase the numbers of minorities on the campus. The Harvard lawsuit was engineered by Edward Bloom who successfully brought the racial challenge that led to the 2013 landmark Shelby County versus Holder which rolled back a major provision of the Voting Rights Act according to this article. Bloom and the conservative advocates who have joined him have aimed for higher court reversal of Supreme Court rulings, Grutter versus Bollinger, and Regents of University of California versus Bach, that permits race to be one of the many factors in selecting students for a place on campus. I'm telling you, my friends, they want to make it so that blacks, and now Hispanics, can get a pass and don't have to meet the standards of intelligence or whatever, they just want to see some black folks in seats and some brown folks in seats so that they can claim to be woke and progressive. And then they point out the fact that there are actually no Asian American plaintiffs named in the suit. Asian American advocates have their responses completely ignored. Any of their suits have all been thrown out. I guess their high court is just ignoring the needs of the Asian American minority. But I guess because there aren't enough of them to make a difference, or maybe because in general they obey the law and they don't go down and burn down cities and protest in the streets and light fires and threaten the block vote? Double standard? You betcha. Imagine tomorrow if Harvard came out and made a statement that they want their population of students to reflect the United States of America and that they would allow 13% of their students to be black and 15% of their students to be Hispanic and 1% of their students to be Native American and 5% of their students to be Asian And the entire rest of their population must be white. Oh, my God. Equity? That's equity. But that would be vilified, demonized, castigated, and shunned. And the university would be called bigoted, and racist, and homophobic, and any other name they could throw at it. And now, the Truth Hurts program proudly presents A Tale of Two Minorities... Today we will look into the lives of two students seeking admission to an ivy league university. One of Japanese descent, the other from the 13% hyphenated American minority. Honorable Papa-san, I have successfully completed high school as the valedictorian at the age of 15 with GPA of 105.5. I have no discipline problem at all in school history. I have required subjects and extracurricular activities listed on application for Ivy Reed University and I have highest ACT score possible. Son, you make your parents proud. You are truly an Asian parent's dream and we are honored at your successes. We wish you good fortune at Ivy Reed University. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, across across town. town... Yo mama! I just got done with high school, and I'm finna apply for a college at an Ivy League University. You know I be played football and basketball for all five years at the high school, and the coaches be done pass me through. I got me some A's, I got me some B's, I only been arrested three times during my five years here at high school. I had a little help from the proctor on the ACT, you know what I'm saying? Cause I told her I was gonna give her Mr. Happy when I was through, which I did. Hey, wish me luck on my college application. Oh baby, I'm so proud you're gonna try to get yourself a college education. Three, Three weeks, weeks, weeks later. later. Honorable father, Ivy League University has rejected my application. I do not understand. I had highest grades. I was valedictorian. I had greatest ACT score. They say they have changed admission standard for Asian Americans. Is this not racist? Is this not discrimination? You dishonor your father. You dishonor your family. You dishonor Asian culture. You are now working sushi restaurant, cleaning tables, taking out fish scraps. Go! Meanwhile, Meanwhile across, across town, town... Oh my baby, I'm so proud you got into Ivy League University. You must be the smartest black kid in the world. If I knew who your daddy was, I'm sure he would be proud too. My baby. This has been a Truth Hurts Program deep dive look into the double standards of discrimination being foisted upon Asian Americans, while AA 13% hyphenated American minorities get yet another pass. Tune in next time when we compare Latinos with white kids. And of course that was just a little fun, no offense intended to the butthurt crybaby snowflakes out there who might get offended at our comedy. It is the way it is, however, in America, and I'll probably get some backlash for the impressions that I used depicting the two individuals. But the fact remains, Ivy League schools have changed their admission practices. They've diluted, watered down, and dulled the requirements for certain minorities while they've increased the requirements to certain other minorities in a deliberate attempt to keep those other minorities out of the university. After all, now because Asians are considered so intelligent, they are being vilified, demonized, castigated, and called out for their successes. Just like white kids. Welcome to America. That's life in America, folks. The double standard is alive and well, and we are out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts Program. Go out there and make it a great day, and we'll see you on our next episode. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are free speech protected under the 1st Amendment to the US Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautix.